It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. 55 degrees in Midtown Atlanta. It is a cool morning. Finally starting to see a little bit of daylight. So bundle up if you're headed out today. But it's going to be a little drier than originally anticipated. So it should end up being a nice weekend the first weekend in October. Get out there and do some fall stuff. Enjoy some fall activities. Here with you on Green and Growing, and I've got Jeff Roth and Rafael Santiago from Premier Tree Solutions answering your tree health questions. And we've had some really good questions so far, um, and they keep coming. Plus, guys, I promise we will get to the legality and property disputes and stuff that uh, so many people have issues with. So 404-872-0750. Want to take Mark and Ackworth. Mark, you maybe had some ideas about Jennifer's maple tree. Hey there. Hey, Ashley. How are you this morning? Good. Thanks for calling and weighing in on this. What do you think? So I have the same exact issue with the Japanese maple. It's nice and pretty red on the top. And then there's some sucker sprouts is what they're called uh, that comes from the bottom graft which is the most Japanese maples are grafted, and the bottom is the the green variety, which is a hardier plant. Mm-hmm. And so most likely she's got sprouts coming off the bottom, which is the grafted part of the green tree. So that's where the most likely that those green leaves are coming from. I have the exact same thing every year. I have to cut it off. Oh, okay. And then so it's you keep up with it every year and cut it off? Correct, yeah, because it's going to grow out from the original green uh, variety of the tree, uh-huh. which is on the bottom, and the red part of the, the tree is grafted onto the green. That's oh. how they make most of the Japanese maples. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's really helpful. Thank you. So what what were, what were would happen, you think, Mark, if you didn't cut it every year? What would be the outcome? It was just... It would just continue to grow green. That part of the tree would grow out green. Okay, okay. Wow, that's cool. And that's probably actually more right than it makes sense, what yeah. I told her. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Ooh, thanks for that, Mark. See, I love this. When people, it is so hard to explain something on the radio, but when people hear it and their ears perk up and they're like, me too, that's happened to me too. That's exactly perfect feedback, Mark. Thank you so much. 404-872-0750. Charles in Flowery Branch. Good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning to y'all, and thank you for uh, having this program in the morning. I used to listen to it a long time ago with Walter, but uh, it's been a while since I've gotten up this early. Hey, yeah, hey. so so what do you think so far, Charles? Am I doing okay? Oh, you're doing great. Oh, you thanks. know, I was also used to watch you, and you did the traffic reports, too. So That's right. <laughs> From traffic during the week to trees, trees right. in the weekend, I never <laughs> saw my life going in that direction. <laughs> but, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Anyhow, my question is basically twofold. Sure. Uh, the uh, first of all, how do I know? You know, some people claim to be an arborist. How do you really tell that a person is an arborist if you ask for one to come take a look at, to, you know, the uh, trees in my yard? I just want to make sure I'm getting a, a true analysis because I do believe I need to probably thin out some of the trees in my yard. Right. So there's a lot of debate to that because technically, if you work in the tree industry and you have some knowledge of trees, you can call yourself an arborist. You just can't call yourself a ISA certified arborist. For you to become an ISA certified arborist, you have to have a minimum of five years in the industry and pass a, a written test. 
So it's and it's not that simple. You have to study a lot for it. It takes a lot of it takes a good background experience for you to become a certified arborist. So you can it's okay to ask, are you an arborist? Yes. Are you a certified arborist? Then you you get the the real answer right there. And uh, a certified arborist should be able to um, uh, show you their certificate and their uh, ISA number as well. Credentials, yes. And another thing, Charles, too, that that is a really, really great question. Um, The Georgia Arborist Association works with all of these guys. They have to keep up credit hours. They have to go through Mm -hmm. workshops, continuing education. So when you go to georgiaarborist.org, you're able to see their uh, resources, finding an arborist in your area and that kind of thing. And those guys listed and registered through the Georgia Arborist Association are vetted and all of that. So great question. Yeah. And my second question only had to do from my previous property of something I never could understand, and that was the fungus or whatever that was been growing on these pine trees forever that causes the limbs to rot and the bark to fall off. What is that, and is there any fix for that? The most common for pine trees that I see, uh, what you may be calling a fungus, is it, uh, do you know what a uh, canker is, what it looks like? And it's not that, or is it? Uh, no, no, no. It's just, it's just this white, uh, for all intents and purposes, on the outside of the bark. On the outside of the bark. On the ground, you know, yeah. Hmm. Okay. And, and you know, I also see you know limbs come down with stuff on it too. Right. I yeah. Do Do you have an idea, Ash? I don't. Mm-mm. White stuff, powdery. What What is it? Uh, what's the texture? Do can yeah. you? Well, you know, if you really want to look at it, the reason I say it's a fungus because uh, sometimes I see a certain amount of greenish on there, but it doesn't have the typical uh, fruity bodies type elements to it. I just I'm not sure if it's good, bad, or indifferent. Right. Just, when you look up in a tree, look at that. I, you know, uh, it, it's just a question I've always wanted to ask. Sure. Do you, do you feel like it's affecting the health of the tree when you look up in a tree to see the needles turning brown or a, a a typical amount of dead branches on the canopy? What do you see? Sometimes I do, uh, but other times it's like, uh, for all intents and purposes, you know, the tree looks healthy, especially when it drops, you know, uh, every year. There's times when I can pick up a thousand pine cones in a day's mm-hmm. time. Right. <laughs> And I figured, well, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it's producing the pine cones, then that's that's yeah. a good thing. But yeah, it's producing pine cones and yeah. pine straw, so it uh, you know it's one of those. Okay, uh, this these pine cones look fine, but then there's occasion where the pine cones do come down with this element of whatever's on them. Interesting. So, so Jeff, how would one go about? Like, I mean, if someone, a, a property owner, just like Charles had kind of a couple of different questions and just wanted an arborist like Raphael just to kind of walk the property, come out for an estimate, look at what needs done. How do you start that process? Uh, just give us a call or go to the website, um, fill out the contact information, and uh, one of us will come out, more than likely to be Raphael, come out and take a look at it. There's no charge or anything for that. So, so a free estimate to just kind of yeah. walk the property with me. And let me Absolutely. ask you about this one. Oh, and this tree too. Yeah. Like, okay, good. So chopmytree.com, flowery branch is not out of the coverage area. No. No, it's not. Right up 985. Charles is a neighbor. Very good. Charles, thank you so much. A lot of good questions. Uh, the pine tree, I'm still, I just don't know. Yeah, yeah don't give know. us a call. I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm curious. Oh, I want to see? see it too. Yeah, give us a call. <laughs> I'll stop by. I'll take a look at it and talk to you in person. That's awesome. That's so cool. Thank you, Charles. 404-872-0750. Carol is up next. Hey there, Carol. Welcome to Green and Growing. 
Hey. Hi. Uh, we recently purchased a home in Houston, and um, uh, there were some septic tank issues with the fill lines, and there are like four fig trees, and uh, they've reinstalled uh, septic tank lines. Are fig trees notorious for digging in roots into septic tanks, or are they go straight down? What What's the deal on fig trees? I've got about four of them. Yeah, hi, Carol. Uh, you mentioned that you reinstalled some pipes in some areas, and I'm assuming that you had to cut through some of the, some of the roots of those trees? Uh, he came above them and uh, installed new lines. I'm just worried about the new lines being um, uh, the roots with the uh, fig trees getting into those as well. So uh, what's your take on fig trees? Fig trees, they don't grow to be obviously pine trees or oak trees. They don't get this large. So I think it's unlikely, depending, of course, I can't see the distance, the proximity to those pipes. Uh, but yes, tree roots tend to expand over time. Uh, it all depends on how close those pipes or your fig trees are. Uh, they're about 10 or 11 feet high, and they are about 10 feet from the line and maybe five feet going around it. Okay. So what I'm going to say is uh, the answer is yes. At some point, they could reach uh, those pipes, but we're talking years, maybe decades. I think it should be okay. Those trees are pretty small if they're 10 to 15 feet high. And that's about their max. And that's about anyways. their max. So yeah. I'm not going to say that it's impossible for that to happen, but I think it's very unlikely. You know, like when roots are growing, I mean, I, I don't have the brain of a tree root, but say, you know, that it's just burrowing out into that dirt. It likes the dirt. It's healthy dirt. It's just full full steam ahead. But when it does, when a tree root comes up against a pipe or a slab or something like that, does it go around it, or is it just going to keep trying to penetrate whatever is I, in its way? I would think the path of least resistance. I would hope That's so. Right. Yeah. yeah, they deviate a little bit. When there's no space, they go right through it. Yeah. <laughs> and, of course, it depends on the species, too. You know, oak trees are notorious for going, getting roots all over, all over the place. Yeah. But then, again, it's the size of the tree that, that counts. Yeah. And, I mean, Jeff, we talked about this off the air a little bit uh, with the way builders have to go in and – plan to lay down septic tanks and piping and stuff like that around trees and mm -hmm. what they may have to do to the tree to get the septic tank where it needs to be. Yeah, it just has to be where it has to be. And uh, I'm dealing with that right now. Uh, I've t already taken a few trees out of my house that were near the septic and I can already tell that there's going to be problems with a few of the others. So at some point they'll probably have to come down. Because it's, it's root pruning done by a plumber, which is not ideal. <laughs> but they're having to cut roots that are there for stability. They're underground. That's right. And you got to have a septic tank, I guess, and mm -hmm. it has to go where it has to go. Uh, that's not my expertise. So uh, right now I'm just pruning the tree and the dead wood out of it, and just we'll see what happens. Now I'm going to let you explain that when we come back, just kind of how to stabilize the tree a little bit and kind of work with, if you're having to do, quote, root pruning, uh, in such a bad way, kind of how to counteract that. 404-872-0750. More with Premier Tree Solutions when we come back. Plus, Pike Nursery coming up. Good things to do after the rain and shrubs for fall next on WSB. 
Not going to be a whole lot of warm-up today, only getting to a high of about 72 degrees around metro Atlanta and a 30% chance just for morning showers as we move on through the day. It'll be breezy and drier, partly cloudy skies for your Sunday with a high of 70. That brought to you by Finley Roofing. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. All right, number one, you heard Premier Tree Solutions say it right here. Mulch under your trees and shrubs. It keeps the weeds at bay. It prevents disease on next year's leaves, splash back on like rose bushes and things lower to the ground. And it helps the plant retain moisture for these dry spells. Number two, fertilize fescue if it's not mostly weeds. But if it is, you may just want to start over. Remove the weeds that you can and plan on reseeding. Do aeration first. That's important for good seed-to-soil contact. You want to make a couple of passes across the lawn when you're aerating and then when you're seeding as well. And number three, plant dwarf mondo in shade or partial shade. It'll fill in pretty quickly by spring and summer for any gatherings or parties you have outdoors. For full coverage, plant three to four inches apart. Maybe for borders, only plant about two inches apart. So, guys, we have about a minute and a half here. Um, and Carol talking about, you know, some some tree roots that may have been cut uh, because they're so close to the septic tank. So what do we need to do to compensate to maybe help balance that tree out if we can? Anytime you're going to have to uh, cut through some of the roots, you're going to need to do some compensate up into the uh, tree canopy as well and cut out some of those roots. Like I was saying, at my place, they had to cut through some of the roots. So um, I cut some green limbs and I also cut the dead wood out as well to compensate for those roots that were being cut. That's a really good idea. And two, I mean, you don't know how many of the roots were removed, but when you're removing parts of the canopy too, for any homeowner that may be doing it on a shorter tree, never more than like a third at a time or a quarter at a time, right? Yeah. And Raphael, when we're talking about the roots, substantially, what's the difference between those roots that are underground that may have been cut versus the ones that are laying on top of the soil that we may have cut due to the mower or something like that? Yeah, the top layer uh, root system is the one that absorbs the most of the nutrients and water. That's where the organic matter settles on your ground. Uh, The roots at the bottom, yes, they do absorb water and nutrients as well, but they're there for stability in most cases. Um, The hairy parts of the roots, the very tip of the roots, when you get to the drip line of Mm -hmm. the canopy, um, again, look down at the bottom and you're going to see those hairy roots. Those are the most important roots of all roots because that's <laughs> when you really get the nutrients into the tree. Okay. So if you're going to have to do some root pruning, make sure you try to avoid those and uh, try to do it least as possible. That's good. Good good info, guys. Thank you so much. Well, coming up, a Pike Nursery with some ideas for shrubs for fall and maybe good things to do after it rains because we will get our share of rain this season. And more with Premier Tree Solutions. Find them online, chopmytree.com. We'll be right back. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. The speed of the show is lightning fast. Half an hour left to go, and then Dave Baker already banging on the windows to get in here at 9 o'clock for the Home Fix-It show. So I will have more time with Jeff Roth and Rafael Santiago in just a minute from Premier Tree Solutions. Find them online at chopmytree.com. See some of the cool equipment they've got, the way they can make the jobs a lot safer for the homeowner and for their own employees, and also a service area where they can hit you up in Metro Atlanta. Right now, I've got Allison Smith from Pike Nursery, the store manager of the East Cobb location. Welcome back, Allison. 
Well, it's good to be back. Good morning. Good morning. A lot to talk about today, and we kind of changed course throughout the week, Brittany and I did. And what are we going to talk about on Saturday? Because Atlanta is going to miss a lot of the heavy rains that in the beginning of the week we anticipated from Hurricane Ian. Um, We may get a little bit today, but the winds were really a deal. You know, my tree guys here today said, yeah, Thursday was just really something for the wind kicking up, cooler temperatures coming in. So what does that mean for gardeners right now? Well, it means a few things, and we are really lucky to have missed that big storm. I know a lot of people didn't. So as we go into cooler temperatures, though, a couple quick notes. Um, If you've got gorgeous tropical houseplants that you've enjoyed on your porch or out in your screen porch, time to bring those guys in because we're going to start having night temperatures in the low 50s. And uh, that's not that's not tropical weather for those babies. <laughs> so <laughs> bring them in and enjoy them um, in your home as we move into fall and winter. Um, for lawns, I know a lot of people are out there reseeding their fescue lawns. Um, it's the best time to get fescue seed in right now. You've got about four to six weeks um, before the usual frost date, kind of depending on whether you're north or south of the city. Um, You can overseed, or if you're seeding for the first time, now's a great time. Fall fall seeding lets the fescue establish its roots, so it's really strong and healthy for next spring and summer, summer when it, as we know, struggles the most. Mm -hmm. If you're not reseeding fescue, And whether you have um, Bermuda, Zoysia, or even a really well-established fescue, now is the time to get that pre-emergent on your lawn. Um, if you, We've got a couple different kinds available here, of course. If, if you are lucky and you don't have any weeds out there, just get our crabgrass preventer. It'll, uh, it'll prevent those weeds from germinating and popping up for the next four to five months. The mean guys like poana, chickweed, henbit, and a lot more, of course, crabgrass. But if you do have some weeds, we have some great um, products that will both do post and pre-emergent. Weed Beater Complete is kind of one of my favorites. That's a good one. You can, yeah, you can get it down, let it sit for about 36 hours on some moist lawn, and uh, it'll, it'll start killing those, those little nasty weeds that you have there. And then you water it in, and it lays down that, that good force field, as I like to refer to it, to, to keep those uh, weeds from germinating for, again, the next four to five months. And we'll be um, revisiting the pre-emergence herbicide conversation again probably in February, March, is, you know, when's the next time to get on top of that. You always got to stay ahead one season. So you're absolutely, absolutely. right. Doing it this, these absolutely. past few weeks or now to prevent winter weeds. Yes, absolutely. So if you get in that cycle, it's going to be a lot easier to manage your lawn throughout the year and keep those weeds at bay. Um, It is fall. It is October 1st. And boy, are we excited at Pike. Uh, If you've been in any Pike the past couple weeks, you know we're ready for fall and for Halloween. Um, We are chock full of pumpkins, hay bales, decorations, mums, all the things. I went to my Pike Nursery in Town Lake, and I brought Shadow, and it was kind of a slow afternoon, so Shadow was just running around in Pike, and everybody was so happy to see her. But uh, I picked up a couple of fall things, as you mentioned, Allison, and my husband was out of town, and he came home, and he's like, it looks like fall threw up in here. But like that that was good for me because I had everything decorated and ready for go. started feeling uh, very seasonal. Yeah, it's a great feeling. We love uh, we love fall. We love uh, moving in 
to all the pretty trees and shrubs that can brighten up a yard. And everything is just accented by, by little gourds and pumpkins and hay bales, all the fun things. We um, have the prettiest moms you've ever seen in a slew of colors. I know we talked a little bit about that last time, um, but they're still uh, just ripe for the picking. They're butted up and just cracking color. Um, so I would encourage everybody to, to check out all the fall fun things. And a reminder, too, of, when, yeah. they, when they get the moms and they want to keep them looking really good, how important it is. Did Dad have them just get in there with the right little pruning shears and just kind of keep up with that? Yeah, that can help a little bit. More important, I think, Ashley, on top of that is making sure that you water underneath the foliage and the blooms. You don't want to water on top. And they're real thirsty and hungry. So if you can feed them after a couple weeks um, just down there in the soil, that's really going to promote it a lot, too. And then you can transplant them in your yard and look to see them return next year. You know, let me ask you about that, because I saw something on Facebook, and Facebook is not always true, um, uh-huh. Some person swore by putting the soil, you know, the, the pot itself, uh-huh. like in a five-gallon bucket and fill the five-gallon bucket up with water and literally soaking the entire root ball and the soil and all that of their mum plants for 30 minutes when they first bought them. And they swear that preserves the longevity. But is that too much water all at one time? You know, I'm on the fence with that one um, because plants can can get damaged by overwatering just like underwatering. Uh, I know a lot of folks who do water um, by soaking the base so the roots can soak it up. But depending upon that exclusively, like one good soak and then let it go, is kind of dangerous territory because especially with all this wind, if you've got them outside on your porch, that evaporates that water quickly too. So um, I, I would... I wouldn't say avoid soaking them. Um, that's It's not a bad decision. We do it with African violets and other guys. But soaking them for too long, um, you can invite some, some dangerous uh, overwatering there. So just be mindful of how wet the soil is. I think, and just be a be a good gardener and plant lover. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I I kind of had a nagging feeling with that too. I was like, ah, that sounds too good to be true. I don't think that's gonna do right. You know. So yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Of course. And then I know we touched on this a little bit when we talked last time, but uh, the shrubs and trees in fall are outstanding. Um, we've got a huge variety to choose from, and I can talk about a couple of those, sure. but I always, I'm passionate about the fact that fall is the best time to plant trees and shrubs. Um, the cooler temperatures are obviously less stressful on everyone, but including our plants, but the soil is still nice and warm, and that is going to help promote the root growth. You throw a little bit of root starter fertilizer in there, like our Dr. Earth, and mix up the soil and get any of your new trees and shrubs in, it allows them to establish their roots now as they go into winter and kind of rest. And then they have a great foundation when spring erupts and they start growing and all the things. They don't have to worry about settling in uh, their foundation. So it's the best time to plant trees and shrubs. Of course, you can plant them year-round, but now's the best. And boy, do we have some pretty ones. Um, If you're looking for fall foliage and berries, uh, first of all, my favorite, Japanese maples. Um, there are such a variety of different Japanese maples, some that will go in full sun, dappled sun, and shade. So any yard, every yard, I think, needs a Japanese maple. Mm-hmm. But any yard, no matter the light, is going to be welcoming for, for your favorite Japanese maple. Um, and then shrubs that provide, again, fall foliage and berries. We've got beauty berry, which is a really neat plant. It's got bright purple berries in the fall. 
and that one's really great. It is um, deciduous, but for the fall, man, is it pretty. And viburnum, berries that attract birds, and then they'll flower in the spring. So those are some good, unique um, shrubs there. As far as fall blooms, uh, everyone knows azaleas. Um, we've got great reblooming ones like Encore for the Sun. They look and great Blumathon. now. Oh, they are exploding yeah. now. So in our greenhouse as well. So if you want to brighten up your yard or add to some existing azaleas, we've got all the colors there for shade and for sun. And then tea olives, which are a fan favorite of mine because of the scent, mm-hmm. they start blooming in October, November. Tiny little white. Um, flowers, but the scent is just, oh, it's amazing. I walk through it every fall. I just walk through that part of our greenhouse to get I've inspired. got one right by the front door, and you're absolutely right. right. Like, you're still five <laughs> or six feet away, and you can smell it. That was strategic. Yep. Yeah. And it's a sweet smell. It's uh, not necessarily sweetness, but it's it's not too overwhelming. And so it's it's just the right fragrance, I think. And then, of course, camellias. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have camellias in your yard, the Sasanquas are already budded up, and they will be bursting with blooms by late October, November. So we'll enjoy those when a lot of our other blooms go away. And, of course, the japonicas are starting to bud up a little bit, and those guys bloom on the spring side of winter, so around January, February. Yeah, you may be noticing some Sasanqua camellias starting to open right now. Mine are really looking good, and you've got that nice dark green uh, foliage as well. And for year-round colorful foliage, quickly, Allison, you've got a couple of really good shrubs. Yes, uh, conifers. I, it could take me all day to list all the favorite ones. So just come to Pike and check out a conifer uh, yards and all the stores. They're beautiful. And then Abelia and Laura Petalum. Abelia mm-hmm. is those bright, happy colors. They also flower. And then the Laura Petalum, those rich shades of purple that just pop. And the two of those together are great in a landscape. Yeah, absolutely. Anything up against that dark purple of Chinese fringe, Laura Petalum's good. And Nandina, that berries, and it also is a really colorful bright red in the fall. Oh, absolutely. They uh, provide a lot of different colors. Some even have some peach and coral tones. So Nandina is a real neat one. Well, Allison, I want to know where the nearest Pike Nursery location is to my house. How do I find out when I go on the Internet next? (laughs) Oh, goodness. Go to pikenursery.com, and you can find all the information you need. Uh, We've got maps. You can type in your zip code. It'll pop up the closest Pike to you. Uh, We'd love to see you. We're so excited about fall. Our stores are bursting with beauty. So I hope everybody comes out this weekend. It's a great weekend to shop. It definitely is. Thank you, Allison Smith, so much for calling in, as always. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thanks. You as well. And two on pikenursery.com, there's a search bar. And if you, you know, she mentioned a tea olive and some other things. Nandana, you may be able to type in those plant names and see what's in the nursery and actually see a picture of some of the plants that we're talking about. So pikenursery.com and chopmytree.com for my guests today, Rafael Santiago, arborist on staff, and Jeff Roth, owner of Premier Tree Solutions. And, you know, you talk about safety of the climbers and a lot of tree companies have climbers just up in trees all day, every day, doing really difficult jobs. You're able to do that in a more efficient way. Uh, yes, we sure are. Uh, climbing a tree is our uh, our last result. Uh, we try to hit it with a uh, uh, with a tree mech, which is a grapple saw crane, or we use our bucket trucks or uh, spider lifts. Um, we don't really have a full climber or have a full time climber. I mean, he does a lot of groundwork, but he can do some minor climbing and some takedowns. Yeah. But the machines do most of the work. And it makes the job so much 
more quick. It does. It's much more efficient. It's a cleaner work site as well um, because we try to focus all the debris where it should be. Is That's in front of the chipper. Right. Yep. So homeowners certainly appreciate that. Well, when we come back with these guys, want to talk about a few things. And if we don't have time to cover all of the property ownership and legalities and disputes you may have with a neighbor, I want to revisit that topic later in the month. So stay tuned for the last few minutes of Green and Growing on WSB. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today it's going to be a high of about 72. Morning shower chance kind of wanes as the day progresses. A high of 70 tomorrow, currently 57 degrees in Midtown Atlanta. So Rafael Santiago, Jeff Roth with me. Uh, Want to hit this real quick with you guys. So first, a tree that appears to be dead or is threatening is in my neighbor's yard. What can I do about it? Well, first of all, you communicate it. Go to your neighbor and talk to him. And if it's looking like it's a hazardous tree, let's say it's dead or it's leaning towards the target, um, definitely get in touch with them and see what you can do about it. You know, most cases you need to remove the tree if the tree is actually dead. Um, In which case, if your neighbor says, no, I don't want to put up with the cost. For some reason, I don't want to remove the tree. And the tree comes to fail then you have something to fall back on. You have proof that you've notified him and he didn't take action. A letter, an email, a a text. Yeah, Yeah, that way you can prove. So who do you show that to, the insurance company? Yes. Wow, okay. And now what if there's just, the tree's fine, it's healthy, but what if there's a long limb that's coming over the fence and it's maybe overhanging my carport or my driveway where I park the car and I'm just either worried about it scratching my vehicle as yeah. I come in or the limb could fail? What, what's the Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you touched on that. That's super common. I would say seven out of ten times that come out, it's uh, for problems like this. Um, it goes back to the same uh, thing, communication. You have to talk to your neighbor, so you're going to identify which trees are crossing the property line. So basically, by law, the way it works is if you have one branch crossing the property line, by law, you can do whatever you want. You can cut it back, back to the property line. Again, whatever whatever crosses it, yeah. it's on your property. You just do whatever you want. But it's always good to communicate, and I say that because you can either – cut a sheer cut straight across the canopy which is not the proper way to do it as as we discussed before you want to go back to the branch collar or back to a split Mm -hmm. Uh, when you do that you're compromising the health of the tree so that's why it's important for you to go talk to your neighbor and say hey we want to prune your tree i know it's yours but it's infringing my property and we want to do something about it and we want to do it the right way so Mm -hmm. can we get access to your property and then make the proper cuts yes or no and then we go from there yeah. It sounds so easy that you just, oh, just communicate with your neighbor. But in some cases, that's not always It's not always the case. Easy. Yeah. But it's not, I shouldn't, as a customer, depend on you guys. Like, hey, if y'all need to do work or whatever, why don't y'all go knock on my neighbor's door and talk to her and tell her what you need to do? Like, that's not on you to do. No, that's, it's best that they do that. They're the ones that have the relationship with them. Yeah, so just kind of prime yeah. that relationship before a tree company is to come out and do work or anything right. like that. But. Um, but if the tree is on my neighbor's property, I cannot have y'all go take care of that tree. You cannot go on their property without their consent, right? That's right. No. Yeah. Oh, boy. So yeah. it seems so cut and dry, but I just it's know it's It's a tricky situation sometimes. sometimes. Yeah. 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 But uh, always just be mindful. I and mean, Raphael, you say it every time you're on the show, look up. Just yeah. when you're you know, taking assessments of your yard, your tree, you're outside doing some yard work. 
be mindful of the health of the trees and give these guys a call if you need. Chopmytree.com is the place to start. Always a pleasure having both of you, Thank Jeff you for and having Raphael. Us. Thanks, for, Thank yeah, you. thanks for the opportunity. We'll definitely have you back in the wintertime when we talk a little bit more about pruning, what folks can do themselves versus what the bigger tasks are that they may need to have you all come out. I will have show notes up on the Facebook page. Follow Green and Growing WSB for some of the links and websites and things we talked about on the show today. Have a great weekend and go dogs all the way over in Missouri.